strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdell, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Today's episode is called Living in a Political World because we've got our first ever city councilman guest, Gabe Vasquez out of Las Cruces, District 3. I'm very intrigued to hear about this because I know nothing about that world. I know we're a couple months away from the presidential election, which is a once in every four year phenomenon. Dan, remind me in 2024 to leave the country a few months leading up. I don't know if you've been dealing with this, but it's like anywhere you go, people are in an argument about things they, they don't even know. They just want to be right or wrong. I don't even think they care about what they're talking about anymore. It's just lying in the sand time, 2020. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of animosity going on. I agree. It's a- uh, the amount of, you know, for our viewers, I'm single. I go on these apps to, you know, go on dates, Hinge, Bumble, Tinder. The amount of line in the sand before even going on a first date. Talk about an impression. Don't go out with me. Swipe right if you are a Trump supporter. It's like, first of all, you would think you're when you're looking to meet your significant other, you're trying to keep an open mind to a dating pool to just throw that out there. Even if you're a Trump hater and you see that. I, as a dude going out with a girl for the first time, my initial reaction there is, well, this girl is closed-minded. So I, I don't think this is a good look, taking her out. And there, there's been a few of those where I've thought about just going in being like, oh, yeah, screw that guy. But then we're building on lies from day one of a date. So I can't play that card. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's even interesting uh, dating a, a girl where um, you were never really brought up political issues and then obviously the world just been so crazy and now it's just such a huge thing and i feel like that happens with a lot of relationships where they don't even talk about politics but now everyone has such strong feelings that you know it might might affect a lot of relationships not speaking for myself here just, just i just yeah it's like where did the the whole days of just being good people to each other as like a start <laughs> point like integrity i don't understand the whole political nerve and maybe trump created that the way he is as a person but i just don't really get that from i just find that kind of humorous when these uh open mic nights start back up i'm definitely going ham in the paint with that as one of my go-tos for open yeah, mic the whole swipe left if this it's like whoa all right um, I, can't, I can't i can't wait for the first south park episode after coronavirus and the oh, election man. it's gonna be unbelievable Seriously, I need to see what kind of spin they put on it, like how they oh. make humor. Yeah, there's so much great material now that that's one thing you're positive from the pandemic. When you think of content that's come out of this, for you, you got to think these comedy writers are just chomping at the bits, licking their chops right now with how much yeah. they have. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to um, Joe Rogan and uh, is his name Joey Diaz, right? Joey yeah. Diaz, yeah. Who I love. I love Joey Diaz. He's so funny. He's like this big Cuban guy who's got this like thick accent and I think grew up in New Jersey and is always talking about his like mishaps with 
coke and all this crazy stuff throughout his life. It's awesome every time he talks. And he talks about Boulder a lot because I guess he was in and out of prison in Boulder. And he comes on that, yeah. And I think he's good friends with Rogan. <laughs> and he was kind of saying the same thing. It was really funny. Kind of forget where I was going. Yeah. Dan, <laughs> <but. laughs> before we get into Corey's food for thought, because I know he has some good stuff on the plate, What any current events brewing here besides the DNC and RNC, which everyone has seen on television? Well, I mean, I guess there was another shooting, the Jacob Blake shooting, which I'm sure you guys saw that, right? Yep. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. So that's really the only current event that came up on my radar. The other current event that came up on my radar is I think it was University of Alabama that went back and there was like an immediate spike and 500 people tested positive for COVID. Yeah, you know, so, I, the whole spikes and dips, it's really hard to know what's what anymore with this data. I, I'm kind of just waiting for that to not be a narrative. Oh, yeah. yeah. What you think of the uh, plasma treatment? But the White House announced Sunday night. Did you find that to be like complete BS or well, what were your thoughts on that? I feel like it's something they've been pushing for a while. Like they've been talking about that as a possible treatment for months and months. And it just hasn't been pushed through as like an actual potential treatment. It's just been talked about. So, I mean, I don't know. They've said they've, there has been cases reported where it's helped treat COVID. So I think it could be Is good. Is it like a shot where you're basically injecting other people's blood into your own? Is that how that works? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. a blood transfusion, like kind of. Yeah, yeah that just like, freaks me out. I, I do not like the idea of having someone else's blood coming into my body. I don't Unless know what you're on your deathbed, Dan. Yeah, That's exactly. Uh, you know, on my, yeah. circumstance. Well, if I'm on my deathbed, like, they can do whatever they want to me to try and keep me alive. But, yeah, well, but just thinking okay. about it. Yeah, that's not disgusting while you're healthy. No, 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 for sure. Yeah, no, but when I'm healthy and I think about it, it's like my body shivers just imagining that. It's like one of those things that just gets to me. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm like getting the shivers imagining that. Yeah. It is kind of, they also did say that uh, there's a new study that came out that marijuana is a possible treatment for COVID. That's probably why that will go. No wonder I've combated it throughout the months. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did take a few edibles when I had it, and uh, still alive. So that's serious. That really probably explains why I had zero symptoms and just was a little bit tired. <laughs> I, I went through two bouts the last six months where I probably had COVID very mildly and just kind of <laughs> pushed through it. And maybe that was one of the you know the nice situations I put myself in. It's like a little marijuana. We're good to go 48 hours later. No doctor needed be. The other thing I saw was, I was just going to say, the other thing I saw was uh, Hong Kong reported its official first person had uh, had corona twice. It was like the wow. first actual. Officially. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that a few different times now yeah. from countries since the beginning of this. Like, I feel like I heard that in South Korea. At first, there was like 40 spikes of that. I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly. This was like actual. This one's confirmed, so it's like the first actual person to get it twice. I think we'll stop hearing anything about this right after the election. 
that's my per bold prediction. I don't even think it's that bold of one, but I'm starting to just think these things coincide about the time frame. I hope so. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, if that was really the case, then why are places like New Zealand and Australia going into lockdown mode when they have fresh new cases too? Like that's where I mean, part of America runs the world. We're the world power and world police. And at the end of the day, everything coincides around us. That's really so, the reality. Yeah. So I don't know. I have no idea, Dan. That response there for me is just let's wait and see what the world looks like January 2021. My guess is the pandemic is a 2020 narrative. Somehow it'll be gone. I could be wrong. I hope I'm not wrong though, because I think everyone's getting sick of this thing. Of course. Yeah. And the other, the other yeah. thing, did you guys see the article I sent you yesterday? There's pretty much there's an op-ed on LinkedIn, basically someone saying that New York is dead. And then Jerry Seinfeld wrote an awesome article. Loved it. Kind of bashing the person. Yeah, it was an awesome article. I was gonna see what do you guys think of that? I think Seinfeld's dead on, Corey. I mean, New York, he like was touching light on the fact it's like people are like moving to all these places, but it's like, what, they're going to turn that into New York? Like, I've heard it's comical. Oh, we can create our own atmospheres. It's like, yeah, dude, you go on and move somewhere, create New York City overnight or over five or 10 years. Ain't happening. Yeah, it's, it's just end like, of the day, yeah. New York's coming back or the world's over. It's the epicenter of everything. And yeah, I get the, orig the original guys. Yeah, pretty much not going yeah, it's not going anywhere. The guy had an interesting point. Obviously, business like offices are kind of dead like these big companies might realize hey we don't really need that much space and that's a huge part of new york like if you look at midtown now completely dead lights are off everywhere homeless people just taking over the streets and you know if people are realizing that hey we can work that's from home cool. it's pretty easy no i was just saying that well, it's cool to kind of think about because i kind of go back and forth in my head as to whether or not i think commercial real estate is just going to completely be disrupted and change or kind of go back to normal because a lot of people eventually are going to want to just get back to the office. It was interesting seeing Hewlett Packard came out today and said that 50% of their corporate clients say that they're never going back to the office. So, but yeah. then you think about it and if that is the case, I, I envision a world where those places are just transformed into like experience centers that are combined with you know, apartments, restaurants. Mike, I know you're big on that. Corey, you probably are too. Like if New York isn't going to have some big office corporate financial sector anymore, they'll probably always have the financial sector. But if they're not going to have like a big corporate structure with the corporate real estate, you would think that changes into, you know, something else that we can kind of draw up in our imaginations that still make New York New York. Because at the same time, the rest of the country would be doing the same thing. And yeah, New York's for a lot of reasons. I thought the same thing about shopping malls, kind of like I. everyone's been saying how shopping malls are dead for a while. And I, I just always thought shopping malls will turn into a place that is just different. And I think the same thing will happen to New York and all over. It'll just adapt. Maybe offices will downsize. A lot of people will work from home. Like Salesforce just announced that um, employees don't have to come back until August, 2021. So, you know, what are they doing with that space in the meantime? I don't know, but yeah, they might just downsize offices more people work from home, but you still need that energy where people collaborate and work together. And that's kind of what Seinfeld was saying to get back to that. It's like, yeah. you're, you know, that is New York. That's why people come here. I think this allows, if anything, it hits the reset button. It, New York for so long was this just barrier to entry for people being able to afford to live here. 
And finally, landlords are not the ones with leverage anymore. And I yeah. think that's great for creativity, artists, entrepreneurs, new businesses. And yeah, you're dead on, Dan, with the transformation of space. I mean, we, we've seen that in small scales with restaurants, with certain commercialized kitchens. You know, that happens with everything in life. It's the power of the pivot. Things have to evolve. We're going to see, and no one ever talks about how much new education is going to be needed for new job creation that is in the future, things that we're not even thinking about right now. Where is that taking place? So I, I think a lot of these things could revolve around education and infrastructure projects around new jobs and new sectors that are going to just take place. I even look back at the days when we had the cash register before it became automated. There were manual cash registers. People were very concerned. This is just the easiest analogy for anyone to think of with jobs being lost because of technology. People were worried there were going to be all these people on the streets without there needing to be cash registers. It actually led to the automated cash register led to way more people needing to run them. So I don't even think we're fathoming what's heading into the next realm of driverless vehicles, humans having to aid technology. I think we're going to see a lot of human assistance with the robots, with the, the where we're heading with bionics and all different types of healthcare, self-driving, the list goes on. These spaces that have been mostly dead weight for years, where people have paid for a lot of fluff, when you really think about most of the people never even needed to be there, you're going to see people being efficient. It's better for the environment. We're seeing it with food for starters where, oh, alternatives to meat, that there's been innovators. We've seen it with Beyond Impossible. It's going to be the same thing with healthcare and it makes space way more efficient and it makes the world a better place. Hence why I love Bitcoin. That's a whole thing. <laughs> at the end of the day, I, I think to sum up my rant there, there these spaces, we are going to need them. And no one's thinking about for what yet, but it's not going to be for people just in a call center being a robot. It's yeah. going to be for transforming the world where we're heading. Yeah. Continue to innovate. Yeah. Corey, what do we got food for thought wise before? Yeah, uh, kind of nice segue into food for thought after you were talking about uh, plant-based plant-based meat. But basically we're talking about trends for 2021. They just came out. So the first one is carob. Carob is set to take off. It's pretty much a fruit that looks like a pea pod and it's going to be a substitute for chocolate. So the theme of 2021 is pretty much all health focused. Um, so that's a big one there. You can put it in, you know, replace it for in your brownie recipe. You can put it in coffee, any baked goods, bars, granola bars, et cetera. Have you had carob chips, Corey? Yeah, I was actually, I said that on the last podcast when we were talking about uh, 16 Handles, our favorite Froyo toppings. That's one of them. So our mother growing up was big. Dan, I don't know if you remember when my, our mom, Kathy Roland, give her a shout out. She ran a snack attack program in our elementary school because she just felt like there was no nutritional education, which was for good reason. In the 90s, kids were just throwing sugar first thing in the morning till going to bed. It's like, oh, here's some orange juice, cinnamon toast crunch, milk. We were all suffering from who knows what by lunch, but came in and carob chips were actually a big part of her kind of pivot from chocolate chips. I'll never forget yeah. that. And I wasn't she's a ahead. as a kid. She's ahead of her time. Way I don't ahead. remember ever eating a carrot. Or is it carrot we're talking carob. about? Carob. Carob. 
yeah. yeah. And honestly, yeah. it tastes just like yeah. if you have like yogurt chips, you can't even taste it. It's, uh, you, you know, if you like dark chocolate. Yeah. You can't taste it, but that's a problem to me in a way. It's not like where I could deal with that with meat when it comes to chocolate chip cookies. I want to taste it. It's oh, like, yeah. okay. I mean, totally. you know, so carob chip cookies. I'll, I know what you mean, though, Corey. It is a great alternative. It's healthy. And yeah, that is going to be a huge thing. Yeah, and it's going to be a huge thing also for vegetarians because it's a good source of protein. So you'll see that definitely being but added. But you see yourself this. getting away from chocolate chips. I mean, if I'm going to eat chocolate chips, I'm going to eat chocolate chips. That's kind of the But Corey, thing. I know you're different with the burger. Like you're down to eat a veggie burger or a Beyond Burger instead of real. I, I mean, I, I happen to oh, enjoy them. Yeah, I enjoy the veggie burgers to me. But how do you how do you guys compare that with the when you think about those two choices right there, right? Meat and chocolate chips. For on one end, it's like there's oh well, I personally have no problem eating veggie burgers or a Beyond Burger, and then but with chocolate chips, do I have a problem putting carob chips in a cookie instead of chocolate chips? Kind of, personally. Yeah, well, you know what? I've never specifically tried just a carob cookie. So I would, ha I would have to try it, but yeah, I have. I like, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I'm going to indulge in sweets, then it's just got to go full out where the burgers, like a veggie burger, or a beyond meat burger can still kind of fill the same need as a regular burger for me. It's just, you know, but get your taste buds trained. I guess that's yeah. And to that next step with the veggie burgers, you're going to see a lot of 50, 50 methods. So instead of just burgers, you're going to see more of the conch. There he is. Conch, we're just finishing up Corey's food for thought here. We got Conch, yeah. the host, on in great attire as always. Oh, <laughs> I, love I love the one ear piece, too. That's great. <laughs> so yeah, you're going to see the 50 50 method. So it'll be, a, it'll be a mix of meat and, and veggie products, whereas opposed to just meat or just you know, beyond meat. And you'll also see a lot of half dairy, half nut products. So the 50, 50 method, something to look out for. And then the last one is increased focus on sugar reduction. So right now we have all the stuff that is kind of bad for you when you replace sugar. And it's almost like you rather just eat sugar because the replacements either make you shit your pants or it's just not good for you, but you're no, going to see a lot of good. Yeah. A lot of new things. One of them is allulose. And it's a, a healthy sugar substitute. So you're going to see a lot more of that focused on um, sugar alternatives that are actually not bad for you. That's very encouraging. I'm pumped to yeah. see that. Some of these protein bars lately. Conj got me on some good ones, like Aloha is legit. But some of these, you just look at it and you're like, I can't even pronounce half of these ingredients. I don't yeah, want exactly. that in me. Good stuff. Sure. Conj. Sean Connell, welcome back for round two, back-to-back -back weeks here of uh, Win a Lunch with Mike Rowland. Thank you, everybody, and it's time for everyone's favorite podcast game show. Win Mike Rowland's Lunch. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome, man. Today, our challengers for Mike are Dan and returning champion Corey. Corey, everyone wants to know, how did you spend your winnings from last week? Oh man, I ordered a 50-50 uh, burger, they call it. It was a half burger, half veggie. Um, you're going to see a lot of that at 2021, so keep an eye out for that. Wow, I love the sound of that. And of course, you ordered it from our sponsor, Lodell.com. Eat, order, repeat, Lodell.com. I love it. Conj, what was your slogan last week for us that was really sticky? Get in Mike's no. belly or something with belly. 
last week's uh he had a great slogan last week's slogan was lowdown.com where food meets bellies oh yeah i love that that is it we have to start using that as a tagline (laughs) indeed so up to Today, we have a brand new contest. The winner gets $25 from Lodell.com and food credit. First up, we have Dan. Dan, our zero-time champion. Will this be your first victory today? Yes. There he is. Dan, your categories are delivery, nutrition, farming, or the black market. (laughs) I will do delivery. Dan, famously on tape delay today. Oh, yeah. That's Dan's gem. Delivery. The first known food delivery (laughs) service was cold noodles in Korea in this year. 1768, 1847, 1951, or 23 BCE. I'm going to go with 23 BCE. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. That is incorrect. The right uh, answer is 1768. Is it correct that you uh, work in the food delivery industry? Dan froze that. It is. I'm ashamed that I didn't know that. Dan, you got to really get on your grind here with this food encyclopedia stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one was painful. I, I know. It's kind of a, I'm pretty sure I've never gotten any of these questions answered correctly. I'm also very intimidated by Condra. I feel like I can't <laughs> even call him Sean or Connelly. We need to call him Quiz King Sean. So I don't know what he wants us to call him, but I'm scared. Yeah. Quiz King Sean. I'm Quiz King Sean. I'm a black belt in Quizology. <laughs> Quiz King Sean. Mr. Quiz King, King Sean. Sh- Who's up next, Corey? Up next is Corey Aronson, our returning champion. Your categories left are uh, nutrition, farming, and the black market. I'll go with the black market, Quiz King. The black market. Which country has banned Coca-Cola? Is it North Korea, Finland, the United Arab Emirates, or Cuba? Ooh, that's tough. Um... I'll go with North Korea. So the correct yeah. answer is Cuba. That has an embargo on American products. Oh, that's clever, Conch. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so we yeah. are over. <clears throat> Our challengers are over two so far today. Now it's time for the uh, food quiz master, Mike Rowland. Oh, are you yeah. are you ready for your extra difficult question? Can't wait, Conch. And, and those listening, Mike does not get multiple choice Yeah, options. this is tough. But, but. No, and here we go for Mike's extra difficult question. The category is food coma. These three foods all have high tryptophan content. Put them in order from most to least. Turkey pumpkin seeds, and low-fat mozzarella. I am going with turkey, pumpkin seeds, and then low-fat mozzarella. And keep in mind, this is from most to least, correct? Yeah. That is how you're listing. Mm. I'm sorry, mm. that is incorrect. <laughs> oh. 
The answer is pumpkin, pumpkin seeds, seeds. low-fat mozzarella, and then turkey. Oh, man. What? <laughs> what is going on here? Pumpkin seeds, one of the highest tryptophan content foods. That is a, that's a tricky one. You would have figured it's turkey. It puts you to sleep. But clearly, I should have thought that one through. I'm out here to fool you, Mike. Mike. Now on to our <laughs> round two. <laughs> I love this gosh. We're back to Dan broadcasting to us from the South Atlantic Antarctic Pole. We have here, Dan, your remaining questions are either nutrition or farming. Farming. Going with the conch sisters. I love it. There we go. Farming. Approximately how many cal? Oh, wait, no, that's the correct, incorrect question. Farming, <laughs> approximately how many bees spend their entire lifetimes to produce one pound of honey? 42, 112, 555, or 27,000? Mm. I'm gonna say 555. 555. That is correct. Yeah! Oh. Dan, Dan got one. Dan jumps go. into the lead. Wow. There we go. Wow. That was talk about a shot in the dark there. Dan was just <laughs> holding his breath, hoping for the best. That's what we call shooting darts flying, baby. My I finger was on the wrong answer sound effect. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I kind of actually reasoned with myself because at first I was like 27,000. And I was like, there's no way. There's just like, that's so many bees. And then I kind of started to work backwards and I came up with the answer. And, you know, clearly I'm, I think, destined to win this contest. <laughs> Perhaps today is Dan's day, but trying to get in his way is... Returning champion, Corey Aronson. Corey, you ain't going you're down easy, folks. He ain't going down without a fight. Corey, your category is farming. No, sorry, your category is nutrition. Sorry, the conj had too many drinks last night. <laughs> nutrition. Approximately how many calories are in one gram of protein? Wow. Oh, sorry, uh, it's multiple choice for you. <laughs> the answers are either one, four, eight or 15. Uh, I'll go with four, Conj. Quiz King, that is. Wow. Correct. There are yeah, four grams. Exactly. There are also four calories in one gram of carbohydrates and nine in one gram of fat. Wow. I better tie it up here. Mike, this is to protect your lunch. I need to protect that lunch. Protect the lunch. Mike is all in here with this final question. Keep in mind, if there is a tie, there is a tiebreaker round, which we already have a tie, so there will be a tiebreaker round. Mike, to participate in this tiebreaker, you have to answer this question correctly and is in the category of online ordering. Pressure mm. is on. Started in Northern California in 1995, this was the first US online food ordering service. Online food ordering services. Are you talking about a delivery company or a yeah. restaurant? Yes, quite similar to our sponsor, LoadL.com. Wow. Nice. So you're saying a much <laughs> shittier version. An extremely shitty version. Was, I think 99. I didn't even know 1995 in California. The yeah, first in the country. Seamless, I thought it was New York, too. Ask Jeeves, maybe? Were they around back then? City? 
wait, I campus yeah. food wasn't. What was that company we used to use? City waiter was City it called? waiter. That was a that wasn't a that was just a platform though. Food wow. taxi. Wow. Let's get I'm it. To think. I don't. I nineteen ninety five. What then? You, you said buy Jeeves. Final answer from Mike. I'm gonna just go with buy uh, buy Jeeves. Just off of I, I know they were around a while back, but buy Jeeves, oh. and that oh, wait, is a Bible. Mm -hmm. Thirty days you suck. <laughs> so the what correct answer is <laughs> Worldwide Waiter. Also accepting Waiter.com, which still exists. Waiter.com. We saw those guys at the convention. Indeed, they're the first of their kind. They did. Wow. It's no it's, hell, too. They were dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Tanj, hell of a job, man. Wait, we have one more round since we have a tie, and oh. it is the tiebreaker between Dan and Corey. As Gabe, Gabe's about to join us. Let's see it. Dan and Corey, how many <laughs> apples are grown in the U.S. each year? Closest to the correct answer wins. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Corey, you're up, you're up first. <laughs> How many apples are grown in the U.S.? Um, 10 billion. <laughs> I have no idea. And Dan? I'm wondering if this is a trick question and no apples are grown in the U.S. Oh, wow. So I'm going to go with that. Zero. Wow, Dan. No, wait, no, no. I take that back because apple, no, apple picking. Apple picking is a thing. I take that back. I'm <clears throat> changing my answer. All right, the real answer I'm going with is... Yeah, I think 2.5 bill. And the answer is 30 billion. Corey is correct. Corey defends his title back to back. Con, Quiz King, John, thank you. Are you coming back next week? I am coming back back next week. And thank you, everybody, for joining us for. Con, great work on that. Yeah, I love this. Fantastic. I'll see you all next week. Enjoy your lunch. Have a great show. Take care, King. And we've got on now Gabe Vasquez, folks, the District 3 City Councilor from Las Cruces. Gabe Vasquez, thanks for joining us, man. What's going on? Hey, Mike. My pleasure to be here with you guys today. Not too much, just another hot, sunny, hazy day in southern New Mexico here in Las Cruces. So, yeah. <laughs> Gabe, Joy, we actually, Corey and I, when we were getting Lodell launched a couple of years ago down there, we spent a couple months in Las Cruces. And, uh, it a couple summer months. Yeah, it gets hot there in the summer for sure. It's been the hottest summer on record for some time now. So uh, people can make their own conclusions about why that is. But uh, all I know is that uh, you need more than a swamp cooler in southern New Mexico now. It's time to... <laughs> It's time to make the refrigerated air transition if you're able to do that down here. It's oh, it's like sure. Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe, quick question before we what's, start. What's it been Sorry. like for you throughout the pandemic? Have you been staying cool, being able to work from home inside? Uh, yeah, you know, it's been a little bit tough. Um, uh, like I said, if you don't have refrigerated air, man, it's tough. But I get outside in the mornings. I get outside in the evenings. Um, I do a morning run every day with my dog and then in the evening i try to switch it up and ride my bike go fishing float down the rio grand uh some different things to just keep your mind off uh the unbearable heat <laughs> but um oh, man. it also helps you stay Can't sane imagine. yeah from 
Do you ever do uh, Oregon mountain hikes? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the Oregon mountains are in our backyard here, and uh, recently turned into a national monument, which is terrific because uh, we've opened up new access, new trailheads, um, just new awareness of of this beautiful mountain range that we have uh, as a backdrop to our city here in Las Cruces. And so, Baylor Canyon Pass, um, Soledad Canyon, uh, Aguirre Springs, uh, Fillmore Canyon. Those are some of my favorite hikes out here. It's okay, so how, how are restaurants with the with the extreme heat? How are restaurants dealing with outdoor dining? Are they putting tents up? Are people willing to eat outside in the heat? How's that working? Yeah, you know it's proven. Um, I think both the heat and and COVID has proven just how how important um, local businesses are to our our economy, but in particular uh, restaurants because people are braving the heat. I mean, they're going out with 100 degrees in the middle of the day, sitting underneath you know those big canvas almost circus-like tents. Um, and some restaurants are able to afford the misters and the fans and a lot, they're not, you know, they're having to purchase stuff to make the patio experience possible. But a lot of them right. have folks sitting out in parking lots, concrete parking lots, where the black asphalt just makes everything that much hotter. Um, but people are still going out. People, you know, restaurants have improvised and, and people want to see other people. They want to eat out. They want to have that experience. So they're still going. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts about Las Cruces is I am obsessed with New Mexico style food and we love the food. And I love how in Las Cruces, it's just filled with local restaurants more than anything, you know, more than chains and every, everywhere you go, you just see a local shop and it's awesome. So I love to hear that people are going out and supporting and, and fighting off that heat and COVID, of course. And I'll, I'll argue that the best New Mexican food is, is down in Southern New Mexico, the chili capital of the world. I will fight anybody that says otherwise. <laughs> hey, you're have... that on, man. That chili <laughs> is so phenomenal in process. We've never had better chili. Green chili Amazing. is the best. Yep. Amazing. Well, tell your so, friends. Hey, so, yeah. Can you take us through what – it's insane to me that you're able to have a full-time job and be a city counselor. I, I never even have time to take care of myself with one job. How do you balance that? Like, what is that like for you? Uh, trial and error. You know, it's my third year coming into this position as a city councilor. I've had a full-time job the entire time. And so time management is a skill that, that you learn as your career progresses, especially if you're in a, um, you know, in a non-traditional job where you're on the clock or you're on rapid response or, you know, things happen at the city um, all the time at, uh, you know, all hours of the night. And so you, you kind of got to be on call. Um, I see it as a little bit of a sacrifice. I was really wanting to uh, provide something to my community, enter into the public service uh, uh, field, and at the same time, also need to pay my bills. And unfortunately, uh, the salary of a city councilor here isn't enough to even afford a one-bedroom apartment, lease, uh, or even a car. You have to have one. So um, it's been it's been tricky, uh, but it's all about scheduling your calendar <laughs> out um, in a staggered way, where you're going to different meetings, uh, oftentimes staying up late at night, working on stuff that um you know that that uh, takes up a lot of time personal time but i use my weekends wisely uh and i, I make the best of them and every little free inch of uh, free time that i that i have i use it to do something i really enjoy uh which for me is being outdoors that's amazing and gabe did you grow up in crucis um no so i actually grew up in ciudad juarez so i'm from the other side of the train tracks the other side of what is now the wall i guess uh, but uh, I, I grew up there and made my way up the Rio Grande from uh, Juarez to El Paso and then came up to school in Las Cruces. And so I've been here for about 20 years now. 
So, wow. so you know, the borderland is one big community. So I, I can definitely say I grew up here because we're all um, together. We're like, you know, 3.5 million people uh, here on the border within 45 minutes of each other. That's incredible. And yep. Gabe, what's admirable to me about this, a lot of people always talk about wanting to do good and help out. And you actually walked the walk. At what point in your life did you actually strongly consider being a public servant like that, where it's like, okay, this is something I'm extremely passionate about and I want to implement into my daily life? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think it was undoubtedly after the last presidential election, um, I woke up and had just a fire in the belly to do something for my community. Um, I was anticipating that some, ch some changes might be coming from the federal administration and I felt like as a community here that's rich in an immigrant history uh, that has a very rich culture and a place where I say the border crossed us uh, because it really did right through the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. Um, uh, we were we were in Mexico for a long time. And so uh, the kind of the divisive rhetoric that I felt was coming out of the administration, um, we had the potential to hurt our community. And I wanted to make sure that I represented the people of my district a predominantly Hispanic district in the best way that I could uh, to make sure that we kept moving forward and that we kept our pride uh, of who we, who we were. And so I said, you know what, I can knock on a few doors and I can come up with a campaign plan. I'm pretty good at communications. And, um, and, and I've, been, I've been serving my community in different capacities before that, uh, serving on nonprofit boards, volunteering my time, um, helping out uh, everywhere I could. And so it seemed like a logical next step to take uh, to, to run for local office and and not just that but when you get there you have to do something right you can't just you can't just sit you can't just sit there and vote on stuff you have to be proactive and and you have to have a vision and then you have to know how to implement that vision so uh, I thought I could do all those things and I gave it a shot Wow and what would you say the toughest challenge has been coming into this role on the day to day like is there something you expected coming in that's been different or has there been something brewing that's just extremely difficult to pass through what what's the day-to-day -day responsibilities like with that yeah there's a lot to learn in, a, in in local government right i mean managing for example a public utility something i had no experience in um things like when to upgrade wastewater infrastructure um how a uh, you know how a uh, a well works and why we can only drill in certain parts of the city or um how we actually uh, use reclaimed water to water golf courses um Things like that that are very technical in nature that you have to make decisions about investments in infrastructure and strategies for uh, bonding out, you know, for example, uh, city money to be able to pay for future projects, running a, a solid waste facility, learning how the trash business works. All of those things are, are things I had no experience in, but was put in a position where I was making decisions on behalf of the organization, on behalf of taxpayers um, to invest our money wisely in some of those um, uh activities that that a city provides to its residents and so that was pretty hard but i got used to, you know I, it's it was like I'm, I'm in a perpetual community college class <laughs> that i'm just learning i'm learning something new every day i think it's broadened my spectrum of of understanding of how a city works uh but it, it was a tough learning curve it was definitely a hard one uh and then just also understanding um the process of how to make policy and how to make good budget decisions um, our budget, you know, is, is, is pretty big, about $300 million. And so, you know, figuring out where you want to allocate resources and funds, depending on not just the needs of my district, but the needs of the city overall, 
is is kind of daunting, right? You're, I mean, I'm I'm one of uh, six other decision makers on the council, uh, but but I wanted to make sure that I was making the right decisions for my district, and so there's there's a lot of uh, just a big steep learning curve that goes into that if you haven't worked in local government before. It's awesome how curious you are by nature. I feel like that's so important with all the things that are getting thrown at you in different ways. That that's yep. great that you go in being like, oh, I want to learn all about these intricacies <laughs> that you never would have even thought about. Yeah, it's life's all about learning, Mike. I mean, if you're not learning, you know, for me, I'm I'm not growing, and so uh, I take this as a blessing, as an experience that um, I really wanted to have, and I encourage anyone else out there thinking about doing this to to really, uh, if your heart's in it and if you're willing to put the time in, absolutely. That's incredible. Go for it. Um, we need new leaders. Yep. Yep. Do you see yourself having a future in politics fully? Like, have you used this experience and thought to yourself, hey, I have a knack for this. Maybe this is going to become a full time dedication at some point. That's a good question. I, you know, and I can tell you right now, I, I can tell you that I'm focused on my job as a city councilor. I think to be effective and to be impactful, you really have to have your eyes on the prize while you're doing any job. And so for me, I've just really focused on the things I can bring home for my district. Um, this is my third year, so I have one more year left of my term uh, serving as a city councilor. But, but who knows? Um, I, I definitely want to continue to do good in the world, one way or another. Whether that's through public service uh, or, or you know, or living in the private world, doing something else in the nonprofit world. Uh, as long as I'm doing good for people, good for my community, uh, and making a difference, I, I'm, I'm I tend to stay pretty satisfied personally. So, if that's public office in the future, I might do that. Yeah. That's incredible, Gabe. You clearly have a great heart, and I feel like to do good in this world, you have to go in with that type of mentality. And have you been able to take some of your experiences as being program manager at Western Conservation, uh, Conservation Foundation to help you with your stint as city council right now? Yeah, you know, they're, they're two completely different jobs. Um, one is in the public sector, one is in the private sector, and uh, my role, you know, in, in, in the foundation is to give out grants to nonprofits in New Mexico and Arizona to advance federal policy uh, related to conservation uh, of public lands and waters. And so um, it's a little bit different in that I'm dealing with the federal government and federal policy. Um, uh, and then at the local level, you know, I'm dealing with local policy. But uh, that job's taught me a lot about management um, because I, I do have to manage a portfolio of grantees. Uh, that's pretty substantial. I have to manage my own budget. And so uh, from that perspective, I can at least identify a lot more with the managers within our city government, whether they're department heads or you know deputy directors or directors. Um, I understand the role that they have in managing people and managing budgets. And so uh, from that perspective, it definitely has helped um, to, to identify what some of the issues are just in general with budgeting and managing. Wow. Yeah, man, that's quite the, I mean, I can't even imagine the rigorous schedule. Has there been a shift in terms of your day-to-day -day since the pandemic started with in-person meetings versus virtual? Like with city council, for example, have they gone completely virtual the last few months when you have to vote on specific issues? Yeah, yeah, we're all virtual. Um, I can say my suits are hanging up in the closet and collecting dust, um, <laughs> which I'm not mad at at all. That's That's been kind of a positive for me. Uh, you know, having to show up uh, for city council meetings is something I miss because you have the camaraderie of, you know, being with your colleagues and, and being able to have that public input with residents that come in and 
uh, and making making those decisions uh, is a lot easier when when it's done in person uh, than when you're just looking at PowerPoints all day and and you're on Zoom meetings all day. Um, I do miss the travel. Um, I used to travel quite a bit to Arizona and Washington D.C. And at, at first, I didn't miss it. You know, the first couple of months, I was I was smooth sailing. I was like, man, I get more time to myself. I you know things around here and um, a couple of months down the line i found myself just really uh you know craving that opportunity to get out of the house and travel a little bit more and so um, apart from being cooped up here most of the time um you know there's been some positive things and some negative things um but uh but yeah i mean i have to i, I find myself working more mike and i don't know wow. if you guys see find yourself doing that too but because you're at home That's because you're in front of a computer it's kind of like, well, what am I going to do? You know, I, I guess I should yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps you staying. I know what you mean, Gabe. I think Corey and I can attest. We felt the same way throughout this because you're kind of, I'm not going to say forced into it, but it's like, if you don't play in that role, like the first couple of weeks of this, it's easy to get in that. Oh, let me throw on some sweatpants. But when you <laughs> see this is ongoing, it's like, well, you've got to live some sort of normalcy yeah. in your routine. So Gabe, let me ask you. We're uh, so we're pretty active in the Las Cruces Foodies Facebook page. So this is aside from politics. Yeah. The a big question I constantly see or a big uh, debate is the best pizza in Las Cruces. Can you give us an answer? Oh man, uh, there's a lot of them. Know. I know we. Were, I you don't have to say it if you don't want to, but yeah, we work <laughs> with about eight or ten restaurants. But what about a top three? Um. Well, I'll say Sefiro, uh Pizzeria is one of my one of my top favorites, and in fact, the New York they opened up a little spot on University that sells mm -hmm. um, pizza by the slice, and it's a little bit different than the one at the restaurant. So it's like New York style pizza, uh, which I just really love, love and, and crave all the time. So I'd say that's one of my favorites. Um, I also like Valley Pizza. Valley Pizza has been around for uh, a couple of years now, and yes. they make probably some of the best pepperoni pizza. Um, it's, you know, it's like slimy and gooey and cheesy. Uh, it's delicious. And then, uh, I'm going to have to go with a, a homegrown product out of New Mexico, not necessarily Las Cruces, but, um, I love Dion's pizza. Dion's pizza is, is one of my favorites as well. Um, they have some of the best green chili. And so I really like, um, the Dion special, which has like, I think almost every topping on the menu. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's like, probably like 500 or 600 calories a slice but you know when you're craving pizza <laughs> you gotta you gotta be willing yeah. to take take a risk <laughs> gotta treat yourself yeah that's why there's so many you know they incorporate green chilies into literally everything i know and pistachios i had a green chili wine i had uh, mike and i had green chili on pizza delicious uh, yeah i mean i love it and i actually i really miss traveling to las cruces i usually go there twice a year for extended stays and haven't been able to go since covid and you know i definitely miss it craving some las cruces food oh man i hope you can come back soon because we we have some yeah. new items we have some new restaurants and breweries open up since maybe since you were last here in fact i'm excited about the brewing industry i know we've had a we've added a couple of locations uh including a new bosque location on Telshore and uh, you know, that, that industry is just kind of taking off throughout the state and we're finally seeing it grow here in Las Cruces. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope you can come back soon and, and, and take a look at some of the new options that we have here. Yeah. Gabe, we'll take you out for pizza and beer when we come to town. 
Ah, that's a perfect combination. You're, you're, there, you're, no, you're talking my language, man. <laughs> Speaking of food, Gabe, are you a big cooking guy? Do you like ordering in? What's been it like for you throughout the pandemic with food? Uh, man, I've gone back and forth. Uh, like I, I tried to go on a diet, right? Because I'm like, all right, if I'm not eating out all the time, if I'm not traveling, I have no excuse not to eat healthy. I can mm-hmm. prepare meals here. And, uh, and and just you know get on a on a better eating schedule and eat healthier, uh, and then I go back and forth between that and you know what what else am I gonna do I'm gonna order out I'm gonna take advantage of you know the the different services that are out there so I can get some delivery uh, and so I'll go like a week where I probably aren't I'm not eating as good as I used to, um, and then I also go through the phase of like you know what I'm gonna cook everything right and so I'll go out and uh, you know get a ton of stuff. And so I've gone back and forth with my eating habits and cooking habits. Um, but one thing I really love to eat is, is wild game meat. Um, I actually like to, I like to hunt. And so um, anytime I have the opportunity to fill up the freezer with a little bit of wild game meat, that's probably my favorite thing to cook or to make here at home. Wow. That's hunting your own food. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, the, it's like a locavore movement, right? It's like you're not going to get more organic than uh, than going to you know window shopping in the mountains for a, a nice deer steak or something like that. <laughs> I love that window shopping. I I've never heard that before. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Deer jerky. Man, deer Gabe, jerky. Cool. Question, Gabe. What anybody? Because I have some friends that have kind of contemplated getting into politics and never really went through with it. Do you, what's one piece of advice you would give somebody that's contemplating that type of move in life? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say if you're passionate about it, that you should really think about it hard. You need a good team behind you, right? So you need that. You need communication support to run a campaign. Uh, you need to be able to willing and willing to invest some of your own money into getting a campaign started. In addition to being willing to ask people for money, right? Fundraising is one of the most uncomfortable and hardest things for people to do. You know, um, apart from asking your friends and family, like you're going to have to go out there and sell yourself like you're a product. And so you also have to be comfortable with with putting yourself in the public spotlight, um, being willing to, to say, hey, you know what, for the next two years, four years, six years, whatever your term might be, um, that you you pretty much have no privacy. Right. You have to you have to live and kind of breathe in the public and your actions will be scrutinized. And so uh, if you're willing to go through all of that and you have the passion and the heart for it. Uh, then run a campaign, you know, knock on, you know, knock on some doors, but also have a plan, you know, have a plan. What, what are the things that you really want to change and that you really want to do? And if you're able to communicate that effectively to your constituents, I think um, you're going to run a good campaign and you're going to have a good chance of getting into office. But uh, you will be in that public public spotlight for a while. So you got to have a tough skin. You know, you got to you got to be willing to roll with the punches and and uh, that's not for everybody, you know. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? But, you know, you're gonna have moments like that, but there's also great moments of satisfaction when you're able to help help somebody out with an issue that they're having, or you're able to, you know, get funding for a project that's that you're really passionate about. Uh, so there's plenty of, of, you know, of good times uh, and gratification involved in being a public servant. And I think that was really enlightening when you mentioned have a plan. Because I think that at the end of the day, if you just go in aimless to anything, it's not going to turn out too well. And a lot of times people will have expectations that are really don't have much merit behind them because they don't have a plan. And you clearly are a man with a plan, Gabe. 
I mean, it's hey. incredible what you do <laughs> for a full-time job and acting as a public servant. Kudos to you, man. That's awesome. I'm pumped to cross paths next time we're in Las Cruces. Yeah, yeah no, I'd love to hang out with you guys, show you some spots around District 3 for sure. Oh, definitely, man. And Gabe, before we have you off here, what's your last meal on earth? Cheat meal, you know, whatever you like. Man, I they have to be red enchiladas, rolled, not stacked, um, with some really hot red chili. Uh, I actually like to make it with serrano peppers so that you add that, like, you you know, you add that real heat that goes into yep. it. Um, and I actually don't like anything but cheese in my enchiladas. I don't like chicken. I don't like beef. I just like a lot of good queso asadero or mozzarella cheese and then tons of onions on top. Um, that's That's got to be my, my last meal. And that's something that's like a comfort food for me. Um, mm. I grew up with my, you know, my abuelita making uh, enchi red enchiladas for me that I had to take breaks eating because they, so, they were so hot. I'd say like five <laughs> minutes. I'd like a, take like a lap around the house and then come back and that's a food coma right there. Gabe. It was so hot. My kind of guy. That's <laughs> awesome, that. man. And Gabe, for anyone in Cruces yeah. that wants to vote for you next go around, how, how do they go about doing so? You know, I'm not up for re-election until uh, 2021, November of 2021. And so um, I, I honestly, I haven't even made the decision yet if I'm going to run for re-election uh, the next go around. However, there are some amazing candidates that I would encourage people to uh, to research here uh, locally that are running this year, um, I, I'll make I'll let people make up their own decisions about who to vote for. But my advice on voting is is make an informed decision. You know, oftentimes we oppose certain things, one issue or two issues. Uh, but but you know, you got to look at a candidate's history and their position on a whole bunch of different things to see how well rounded they are, um, see what they bring to your community and to your if they're in your district. Um, and so I, I just encourage people to, to really uh, ask the hard questions of their candidates and make sure that they're they're making the right decision. But if it comes down to it next year, um, uh, I think my website is GabeForLC3.com, <laughs> uh, which I might I think I might actually have shut it down, but I, it'll be back up in time for um, campaign season next year if I decide to do it again. Gabe, can they find you on Instagram or social media at any? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all my stuff is public, so. Um, on Instagram, uh, where you'll find mostly, honestly, nature pictures and wildlife pictures. But uh, if you like New Mexico, I think you'll enjoy it. But it's at Crusader for Justice. Uh, that is my Instagram handle. And then you can find me on Twitter, which is really my political social media. And that's at, at Gabe underscore NM. Um, and then on Facebook, you can find me at, at Gabe Vasquez, um, if you just search for that. Thank you, Corey. Gabe, I think you have a future and maybe you'll be running for president one day. Well, 2024, <laughs> you heard it from there, folks. Let's oh, see. Man. I don't I wouldn't want that job. Man, that's <laughs> <laughs> work, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Gabe, but... really appreciate the time, man. Corey and I are pumped to meet you. Uh, next time we come to Cruces, we'll definitely hit you up and keep crushing it, man. D yeah. Keep doing a great job for the public and really appreciate your work. Hey, yeah. thank you, can't guys. Wait, can't wait to definitely. meet you. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hanging out with you. Thank you guys. And hey, thank you for bringing Lodell to Las Cruces and for uh, your entrepreneurial spirit, man. I love it. I love oh, thanks, people Gabe. that we'll are We'll make hungry. sure to hook you up with some food credit. I'll email you when we get <laughs> off there and take care of you there. Hey, there you go. I appreciate it. Thank, guys. thank you guys. Thanks so take much, care. Good. All right. Thanks Good. a lot. Take care. Corey, that was great. Awesome guy. Awesome guy, Gabe Vasquez. And you know, that's what's cool, Corey. I think me and you could attest to working together for so long and now having the opportunity to expand and be in, you know, we started with just Bloomington 
And it, you recall how dope of a feeling it was with the community we built up together in Bloomington. It's been really fun through this podcast, even though physically we can't really be places yet, but meeting all these former strangers, strangers virtually. And at some point now we have all these comrades that we could go hang out with where, you know, whether it's Rand Jenkins, Jenkins and Flagstaff, Zach Oates in Utah. Now we've got Gabe Vasquez in Las Cruces. I feel like, you know, if we ever need to surf on some couches, Seriously, we've got I, we're just scratching the surface, just getting started. Isn't so that America more. though, Corey, when you think about it, that's what makes this country great is that type of potential camaraderie with strangers. I don't think you can say that. I'm not going to say in any country in the world, but with how diverse our country actually is, and sure, people have differences, but when it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation, usually you can find some common ground, no matter how many differences there are. Exactly. And that's the beauty of this podcast, you know, being able to do it with so many people so far and find that common ground. And it's been, it's been amazing. Definitely. And on that note, what are you doing for dinner tonight? I'm starving. He just got oh. me so hungry with the red enchilada talk. Oh, man. I, I want to have a, my own. I, I didn't know what he called her. I think it was his grandma, but I, I want my I own of that with dumplings. <laughs> yes. I need my mom. Corey, I got to find a homemade dumpling chef on demand. Dude, you remember we, we almost had it with Dave Broom. We got, he uh, made us so many dumplings. <laughs> we, we got so sick. Dave Broom on air to talk about those duck fat dumplings. I still dream about those dumplings. Oh, man. I love them. And then I just had so many of them. I like, I couldn't eat dumplings for a while after that. I, yeah. I think I gained 10 pounds during that like month of, they were yeah, just right. stirring in the freezer. It's like, Corey, let's whip up another 12 of these, give ourselves a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening, we had a, uh, a home chef and we kept trying to preach him to cook healthy for us, but he kept making us the most fattening things. Like we got steamed dumplings, but they were fried in duck fat. Uh, everything he made for us was just <laughs> a million calories. Anytime you want to taste something delicious, just fry it in duck fat. Like I'm probably not even a good cook, but if you give me some duck fat, I guarantee <laughs> you I'll whip you up something delicious. Seriously. Can't go wrong. Well, hey man, it's been fun, Corey. Let's keep, and for our viewers, Corey is just annihilating the restaurant signups. It's really, I mean, it's on a level that Wheaties would be impressed. Like they're going to have to come up with a new cereal here. So let's go. It's let's that go, time of baby. the year for us. It's a uh, low it's dough boot camp. camp. We're ready. Hard knocks music. Boom. Yeah. We need cons to uh, cue the music right now. <laughs> I want to get the narrator from hard knocks to just follow us around and do our own like hard knocks version where it's like, we're, we're getting ready for a game against Uber that they don't even know about. <laughs> Dude, you've been saying that for years. It would be amazing. I, so I, I always envision that Corey. Sometimes when I'm running in the mornings, I'll have that hard knock song on where I just imagine a narrative around our business. Like you're 15, like, you know, Seriously, I don't think people understand how pumped up we get for a new year and just new opportunity. Um, Especially I don't think that with the pandemic with when we exactly. saw when the kids left spring break, we didn't even know what was happening the months ahead. And it's been now with them getting back in town, we're cranking. Exactly. It's exciting. Big things ahead. Boom, baby. So, next Tuesday. It. We'll see. I think we might be back to Monday next week. Works for me. Yeah. I think based on the guests, I know we have a couple of beasts coming up in the week's head. You've lined up Eat Clean Bro, which is going to be huge. Josh is his name, Corey? Uh, J Jamie. Jamie. So Jamie. excited to have him on air. And we've got a few more brewing. We have to get Jake Udell back on the horn, too, and do a, another podcast with him that hey, we release. We might have to get the Kanjan for an actual interview aside from 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
that'll happen. So good stuff, buddy. Great work as always. And uh, time for dinner. Our stomachs are rumbling. Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get Lodell, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.